Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and last week I asked if any listeners had any fun facts or just cool projects that they wanted to share and I would talk about them in this intro because I think it's really fun how there's a little community around this podcast and I just want to share what you guys are up to. So anyways, I actually received quite a few fun facts from listeners and so over the next couple weeks I'm just going to highlight someone randomly. Uh, and talk about their fun fact. And if you want me to include your fun fact, just get in touch with me. So this week, I wanna share that Alistair is creating royalty-free music on Newgrounds that perhaps you wanna use in your animations. He also hosts a popular podcast on Newgrounds called The Off The Wall Show, where topics range from cancel culture to music marketing and much more. And I'm gonna include a link to uh, his podcast and his royalty-free music in the description of this chat, so go check that out. Now, this week I'm chatting with veteran stop-motion animator Brett Long, who's worked on tons of stuff you've already seen, including MODOK, Robot Chicken, Crossing Swords, Rick and Steve, the happiest gay couple in all the world, and most recently, Shape Island. In our chat, he's going to share how he's originally from Canada, where he started his stop-motion career at the notorious Cup of Coffee studio before transitioning to Stupid Buddy in the States, and exactly how he did that. But before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Hue, makers of colorful plug-and-play cameras for learning, work, and play. Originally designed for teachers, Hue cameras can also be used for creative activities such as capturing hand-drawn pencil tests and shooting behind-the-scenes footage, time-lapse videos, and of course, stop-motion animation. Their cameras have flexible, posable necks, manual focus controls, and they are compatible with DragonFrame, OBS, Twitch, Zoom, and many other camera apps. Just visit HueHD.com to learn more and follow at Hue Cameras on social media for news, fun, and giveaway, and get 10% off any Hue product from HueHD.com with the code 10TerryAIP. And I've included a link to all this in the description of this chat, so please go check that out. And now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Brett. How is it going over there? It's going good. How are you? Good. So you're talking to me live from Stupid Buddy Studios. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I'm currently in the the parking lot right now in in California. Yes. So you just got a shot approved to come on this podcast, and then you have to go you have to go shoot again right after we're done. Talking. Yeah, after this, I'm gonna get get directed on my next shot. Yeah. Oh wow! Can you say so, what you're working on right now, or is it a super secret? Probably not. Not. Okay, not let's not say work. anything then. <laughs> yeah. So okay, uh, so we were we were chatting a little bit just before I hit record. And something you told me is that you were working at a balloon factory uh, right after you had gone to Sheridan doing media arts, where you had learned to do like art or lights and set making for stop motion, et cetera. But you had to move back home and work at a balloon factory. How did that feel while you were making balloons, thinking about animation at that oh, I just hate, I hated it. I hated it. Like, I... It was a place that I did not like waking up to and going to every morning. Um, so explain you know, the situation. It, like you just finished school. What what caused you to go and work at the balloon factory rather than start in animation, I guess? Um, well, I never really felt like I was an animator. Uh, kept graduating from Sheridan at the media arts program 
my majors were in animation, but I didn't feel like I had the skills to go off and just try, just try. I guess I was maybe afraid of, afraid of that, but Hmm. you know, I, I was, I felt like I was a, a creator. I wanted to be making stuff and I couldn't find the, the job that allowed me to do that. And from being so picky, uh, I ended up working in a factory. <laughs> Did you have so, other people at the time being like, don't be so picky, take something in a related field? Because stop motion is, especially in Canada, was such a super, it's still a super niche thing to get into. Uh, were people saying like, you know, get into graphic design or other forms of animation? Uh, no. <laughs> no? No, maybe they should People have. were saying get into balloons. <laughs> they were like, you love balloons. Uh, you, you, yeah, they're saying you love balloons. Go, go sort some balloons and, uh, you know, work in shipping and receiving because you um, love that stuff. Do you, do you have a disdain for balloons to this day? No, no. Um, maybe the poor quality ones, <laughs> you know, like I, 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 I ended up being able to tell the difference by texture of like what, what a good quality balloon feels like and a not good balloon and like knowing where balloons come from. A lot of that information is gone now, but you know, wow. there was, there was one point in time where I'd be able to tell you the, the code number of a balloon based off its color. Oh so no, you, you're just, you're and, just showing up to birthday parties. They're like, yeah, like, oh, that's a, that's a 9928, which was, I think a red, a red nine inch balloon. Hilarious. Yeah. So what made you reach a point when you were at this balloon factory to say, screw this, I'm going to pack up my bags and move to Toronto and just hope that I get into animation, even though I don't feel like I'm ready. Uh, a part okay so i had to drive to work every day so i had to have my own car and then that car um somebody hit my car and then i it, it kind of broke down shortly after that and that was kind of like a a, a turning point where i was like i don't want to own a car i want to be able to like bike around and toronto just seemed like the the option right there oh so you moved to toronto because of a transportation convenience thing definitely i mean that and it was close by um you know so still i was able to be in touch with family and friends and oh i actually moved in with with a bunch of friends that were going there so things kind of lined up that way anyway um so yeah we wow. a few of us just moved to Toronto together. One was going for one was going to to school, and then my the other friend was just um just kind of couch surfing. <laughs> okay, so you had to quit uh, yeah. your balloon job, and then how long? Once you're in Toronto, how long did it take for you to get your start in stop motion? Um, <clears throat> this is back in like 20, 2013, 14, something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah, when. When, uh, yeah, probably a year or two before the first show that I worked on. So maybe, maybe still might have taken like a year or two. So, I mean, at least I was in Toronto 
and I, I picked up a, a dishwashing gig um, at a restaurant where my brother worked. Hmm. So he got me a job at the restaurant and then I was just doing doing dishes, which was fine because like I didn't have to really think about anything. I could just keep dishes clean and, you know, I was in and out and uh, yeah, at least making like connections and doing doing whatever I could. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So how did you make your break into stop motion itself? There was um there was a posting that went out from Cup of Coffee and uh I I just threw my stuff at it and then started con just started a uh communication with them and they liked one of my films. They liked a couple of my films that I did. <clears throat> so you were dishwashing by day and making films by night type of thing? Um, more or less. I remember animating on the floor of my place. We were doing Film Fort back at that time. And so Film Fort was up and running. You can, if you ever talk to a guy named Winston Hacking, he kind of like curated this event for local artists to kind of come together and just talk about projects and help each other out. And we called it Film Fort. And, you know, every every once in a while, we would have a screening. So that kind of pushed us to make our own content. And sometimes we would have themes. Sometimes it was just open uh, to see what you were working on. And, um, you know, it was definitely based off community. And so yeah, we were making these little projects and just keeping keeping our creative energy up while while I was working at a as a dishwasher. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> so how did you how did the, you know, cup of coffee, obviously you worked there, but how did the intro there go? You know, you showed up, they like your work. And then you're hired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was that nice. easy. Uh, actually, the, there was there was some back and forth stuff that happened, um, which was a little bit funny in retrospect, but I initially didn't get a position and um, I was contact, I was contacting the owner and then an animation director separately. And the owner was like, yeah, we want you to work here. And then the animation director was telling me that there's not any room for me, unfortunately. So I messaged. So I was like, okay. And I talked to the owner and I was like, hey, I, it's unfortunate, but, but I was told it's not going to work out. And he, was, he wasn't even in Toronto. I think he was like probably emailing me from England or something. And he was just like, hang on now a second. When I get back, I'm going to sort this all out and I'm going to get you here. And, you know, and so I think I was like the last first tail end on the roster to kind of sneak my way in as a, as a, an animator. And um, yeah, that's how I got in. So, uh, I mean, I just kept the communication open to, to anybody that I could. And that's how I got in. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, and then I'm just trying to like fast forward to some of the stuff you worked on lately. Um, so a cup of coffee, you know, shuts down. W were you part of that shut down? Yeah, I shut. I shut it down. You shut it down. <laughs> well, I, you know, <laughs> I, it was all I mean, me. Like, 
well, it's know, my fault. <laughs> it was your fault. Yeah. Oh no. Well, well, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, it's it's packs up its bags and and closes shop in Toronto. And and were you left to be like, well, I guess I'm not doing stop motion anymore. Um when it yeah, I remember it relocated. Um I was there for I guess the last major project that they did, which was the second season of Glenn Martin DDS. So we did that and then um uh during during that time I was living with my buddy Winston Hacking in a small like artist's loft and we were fortunate to be getting a couple much much fact grants hmm. so when it shut down we kind of just i guess went more into full-time mode doing music videos and uh, like you know pro projects for oh, cool. uh, under the name under the name exploding motor car exploding motor car yeah so what what made you stop doing that and, and start thinking about getting back into uh you know like TV production? Um, we, I, I guess we just kind of grew grew out of it. This the the artists' loft space kind of was getting pretty worn down. Mm. Um, rent was kind of going up, and it it just seemed like the time. It just had like an expiration date on on it, I guess. Like, you know, it was it was fun and exciting when it first happened, and then, um, it I think it kind of became a little bit like financially driven and less about creating. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, it. it it just got, it got tricky near the near the end of of living in that space. So, so we just kind of that's fair. Left, um, left it and yeah, moved on. It sounds like you kind of have a uh, like a. Do you ever feel like settling down somewhere? I guess mental mentally wise, like you know you you went to Sheridan, moved back to Grimsby, came to Toronto, moved into an artist space now you're in the states like do you ever feel like settling down somewhere and like being like this is where i'm gonna stay or do you more or less kind of follow the follow the wind where it takes you i've been following the wind for sure but you know now that i have two children i definitely feel like uh there should be there should be some settling down eventually if it's in burbank maybe if it's somewhere else yeah. Um, that all depends. Interesting. That's 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 something that's like up in the air right now and being discussed. So I don't know quite where that will be yet, but you know, I I feel like there needs to be yeah, uh, a home base somewhere and whether that be Burbank or somewhere else, Toronto, Montreal, anything, you know. Would it depend on where work is or would you be willing to uh work at a balloon factory again i yeah. don't think i'll do that i don't think i'll do that so yeah if there's work there that's like that sounds promising um i think it's worth exploring for gotcha. for me so so how hard was it for you to uh get to the u.s just because i know that some stop motion animators from toronto have or just canada have a hard time getting companies or studios in the u.s to do the whole visa process for them um 
and a lot of studios would just say no. <laughs> so how difficult was it for you to get to the U.S. and then stay there for the last seven, almost eight years, I guess? Yeah, my first contract was um, one month long. What? So I came here. I, yeah, I came here on a TN visa and just tried it out um, to get it. It was with Stupid get, Buddy? Yeah. Ah. So to get to get that, it took about a year because there was nothing That's actually. Crazy. Well, there was nothing being shot at Stupid Buddy at that time. So after moving to Toronto, um, after post living in um, uh, the artist space, I moved in with my wife. Uh, like I got married and then we, we were living together and um, still trying to do like independent projects and stuff. And I, and I ended up emailing. I, it was probably like 75 stop motion studios from around the world. Some of some emails came back saying like these, th this email doesn't exist. Some, some places were like, Hey, we don't do stop motion anymore, but somehow online I found this list that exists. I think it was on stop motion animation.com. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was. I think uh, I know about this list. Yeah. Somehow, uh, uh, Alex Kamer messaged me and he just started a conversation. He's the he's one of the animation directors here at Stupid Buddy. Hmm. So I had a good chat with him and uh, he said, there's nothing here right now, but I like your stuff. Uh, just be in touch. And shortly after I got an artist residency. So when that was all done and I finished this like stop motion VR project, uh, I opened up a conversation with him again, and that happened to be right when uh, the studio was getting actually pretty busy and they needed more animators to come in. So they wanted to, I guess, try me out for a month, and I said, sure. Uh, so I came down on a TN visa, and uh, with a TN visa, you just have to make sure you have all your paperwork ready and you pretty much get interviewed at the airport. Wow. So you have to you have to book your flight, you have to go tell them you're applying for this visa, and then they put you into like um this this room where a bunch of people are I guess getting like visas at the airport or something and yeah, they go through your they go through all your they go through your package and say yes or no. Wow. So, so they said, you either get to walk through or you go back. So they're like, we don't know what stop motion is, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you're going to work where? And I'm like, stupid buddy studios. And they're like, is that real? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a silly name for like putting on official paperwork. <laughs> yeah. But, but the good thing is though, like you, you tell them that they're the studio that does robot chicken and everybody like yeah, so yeah, many yeah. people know robot chicken. So, right. so when you get to Super buddy, did you feel like everything counted on you doing amazingly during this one month trial? Like, did you feel like I have to really set myself up? I have to like be the best, most personable person with the best animation skills or like, what was your mentality going into this? Like, I don't know. Just, yeah, just 
be myself, smile or smile and, you know, um, have fun. And I, I feel like there's a little bit of luck and in, got involved. Um, Alex, who told me to come, wasn't there that day. And so I was just kind of there walking around going, what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. And, uh, and I ended up doing a couple shots on a show called Supermansion, but I was actually hired um, to go work on some robot chicken sketches. So mm -hmm. Supermansion, nobody knew that I was supposed to be there or whatever, but I started working on that shot on, on that show. And they're like, hey, this guy's great. We got to keep him. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, thumbs up. And then, uh, yeah, I got extended right away. Um, well, I guess at the end of that, I got extended to, to work to finish the show and went home, went back to Toronto in December. So I, I think it was from about maybe September to, to December was was how I how long I worked for the first chunk. And then they started up a new show the next year, which I couldn't quite jump on board right away because I actually had a Canada arts council project that I was working on. Oh. Um, so we, I finished that up with Winston hacking and then, uh, yeah, started working on buddy thunderstruck in, in like June or something like that. Wow. So you're just so, project to project to project. <laughs> Yeah, since since June, it's pretty much been consistent project to project. I think it's crazy. You just started working on a show that you weren't even supposed to be working on. You just showed up and you're like, yeah, like I'm now animating the shots for this, even though I'm not yeah, on the like, who, call list. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So how did yeah, you know you, you're a, you're a super I mean you're a super experienced guy when it comes to stop motion, especially I guess the Steve Buddy style with like you know quick snappy movements etc. How does it feel working all this time in stop motion, coming from like a balloon factory and then getting music videos and then grants and now you've been in Burbank for like seven years working on tons of different TV shows. Like how does how does that feel now? Like what keeps you coming back every day? Are you excited? Like, do, do you, does it ever get boring? Does it just get more exciting? Um, well, I definitely don't think about the balloon factory every day. And I don't really think that's where I, where I've come from. I think I just maybe like tripped back then into the balloon factory and, you know, I, I found my way again. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I like, and I definitely like animating. It makes you know, I, it's just fun. Um, yeah, that's, that's the reason why I guess I keep coming back because I do find it exciting. Okay. Before we hit record just previously, you told me that you, you don't really feel super proud of any of the shots that you do. Can you explain that a little bit more? Sure. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm never happy with any of my, of the shots that I do. Um, but why not? Like you, you're having fun doing it. You like doing it, but you're not happy with what you do. What, what's wrong? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. There's something, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> uh, I think, I think maybe like if I do, if I do a really good job on something, 
I feel like I spent too much time on it. So there's mm. with t- with TV, there's pressure to get things kind of done in a timely manner. And I feel like if I spend too long on a shot, um, that's not a good thing. And if I rush something, it obviously the quality is not there. So there's this constant battle of compromise. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I when I look at a shot, I know. Uh, I guess that I should say like right away after I'm done a shot, I'm never really proud of it. But reflecting on shots, maybe like I see a year later or whatever, like I'm like, oh okay, it's not that bad. You just need so some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need I need to like remove myself from because like it's too close and personal. Yeah, 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 for sure. How did, have you gotten super speedy over the years with with working on TV's productions? Um, I I don't know because nobody <laughs> nobody tells me anything. Nobody says anything, <laughs> and, and to I feel me. I feel like they a lot of the times they'll give me more complicated stuff too that will take more time. So they'll yeah. always they'll so like, uh, just take your time on this shot. But like still in my head, I'm like, okay, I can't spend like four days on this thing, you know, but uh, yeah. So what are what are some of the, I guess, like tricks and like skills you've had to learn to not spend four days on something, but still make it quality? Like you just talked about like having a trade off, but like what, how have you been able to to speed up your animation? Like uh, it's probably less second guessing. You learn you learn a few things that become muscle memory. Um, and I feel like that that takes over. So when you're not so heavily analyzing frame to frame um, and you just know that that's what you do in the situation, that definitely speeds things up. Uh, and like, yeah, that and that all that that's just the experience, you know, that's where somebody with more experience has they have that understanding of um yeah. uh one thing i wanted to ask you is you you kind of started animating before dragon frame do you think that being able to animate uh more intuitively without the the like you know uh, playback and all the fancy stuff that comes with dragon frame has taught you to be a better animator or has it given you an extra skill that like people that just jump in with dragon frame right away might not appreciate i think it was maybe like a helpful step to 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 write down and break it down like i still see people do that in the dragon frame x sheet to like write down all the moves and stuff like people will still do that um so i think it's like it it helps understand timing when you can see it written down in a way, mm-hmm. however you however you understand whatever you're writing down, as long as like you can kind of like decode whatever you write on the X sheet to make sense for you, I think helps with the timing. Um, and then eventually, you just for me anyway. Well, I'll still I still do it sometimes for more complicated stuff, but like for simple things, I don't really need to to break it down as much. I just kind of know the character is going to do this, 
especially if it's to dialogue, I already know, okay, his hand comes out here or whatever example, you know. Okay, cool, cool. I'm wondering, you know, you've worked on so many different shows, uh, mainly primarily with Stupid Buddy. How did you end up on Shape Island after all these years at Stupid Buddy? Um, an email. I sent out an email and they asked for uh, a demo reel and they said, we've never heard of you. And, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I, I said, that's because I'm Canadian. I've only worked at Stupid Buddy. I've been on this type of visa for so long that only allowed me to work at Stupid Buddy. Oh. But this situation, I I have a, an O-1 visa, which allows me to branch outside of um stupid buddy studios and kind of work more freelance style contract to contract at any studio and so they said okay and they I showed them the the reel and uh i think i also knew a bunch of the people that were hired there anyway and uh, yeah i i ended up with working with everybody that i knew already so oh. it was just the owners that like didn't know me so i guess people that have worked with me but in a good word. Nice. Uh, uh, based on the visas you were on, what happened when there was downtime with Stupid Buddy in between contracts or shows? Did you have to come back to Canada for those things? Or, um, With the visa, I think you have like 60 days or something like that uh, to get a new job. And there just hasn't been that amount of time. Fair, fair. So fair. It's, it's, it's worked out, definitely. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was Shape Island, which is something that I always struggle with and I'm currently struggling with. They're these super cute little shapes, but they have the tiniest feet. How do you get under the character and animate those those feet so exquisitely when there's like, it looks like there's only one or two centimeters of room between the feet and the, like the floor and the body of the character? It's those puppets can just come apart. Uh, each each side is a panel that's magnetic. So oh. you can just take off the left side where maybe his arm will come out and you have access to his insides. Oh, wow. OK, never mind. That's easy. Yeah. and makes sense. And then you just yeah. put it back together and it's perfect. Yeah, because it's all magnet. So it's actually yeah, it's to really, animate these it, things. Yeah, it's a really great design. Uh, it's like ball and socket inside of him just for the two legs with like the hips that rotate. And yeah, all the triangle and, and square are, are built that way. And then uh, with circle, she kind of floats on her own little rig that gets removed in post. Gosh, wow. Um, so, okay, so... You grew up in Canada. You wanted to get into stop motion. You were able to work on a whole bunch of cool music videos, some grants. Uh, the only stop motion shop, cup of coffee around for years. And then moved to the States and work on tons of TV, TV shows, etc. Are you working towards something? Like, is there, like, what's next for you, I guess, is what I'm asking. Um... Well, I, I, you know, obviously, cre like, I still feel like I'm a creator, not just an animator. So getting to make my own thing would obviously be great. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely respect artists like Chris Walsh, who has a family and is able to 
make a short film by himself like that's like you know hands down like that's that's an amazing feat to to accomplish right um yeah when yeah just admire that uh so one one day doing something like that when there's some time yeah do you think you'd have to move back to canada because of the visa situation to do something like that if you wanted to like take time off or like um i don't know i i hope it doesn't require that that much work to like do a hobby um i think it's just a matter of the age maybe my kids are at right now like they need a they they just need to grow up <laughs> kids grow up <laughs> yeah. i let guess me, as, as we're just these, as we're just these puppets kids <laughs> Yeah, right. I guess as we're just wrapping things up, is there anything that you want to share with those listening who are getting into stop motion or they've been in stop motion for a while? Anything you I mean, you're such a veteran in the craft. Um, you've worked on some really cool stuff over the years. Is there anything that you have specifically learned that has enabled you to be so, I guess, successful at what you do that you want to share with others? Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think... Um... Uh, well, patience sure is like a big thing to have in stop motion, but there's right. also persistence too. Like you gotta, you gotta like keep going for it. You know, I yeah. think persistence is almost more important than um, patience. It's like when I'm when I'm animating, I feel like I have ADD. I'm like, you know, toggle, toggle, toggle. Oh, this guy has to move, move here, oh, and and it's like kind of crazy when you when you get into the into the zone when you're animating um but that's all persistence it's not like patience to get uh you're not sitting there waiting for like a, a water to boil you're you're moving around and you're trying to get things to the right frame you want it to look that way i think that's persistence hmm. so i think so i think with that skill set you need to reach out to people that are in the industry and let them know what you want to do and you know, never uh, just just keeping communication open. I, I think that's where a lot of my success has come from, just even through emails and just like, you know, being friendly and yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I think I think that's really important, especially if you come from a place that doesn't have a really supportive stop motion, specifically industry, uh, being persistent definitely can get you places. I know a couple of people who have been really persistent with the career they want and they're currently at those places now. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, Brett. Is there any any uh, last words you wanted to share before we wrap up? Keep fit and have fun. <laughs> I don't know if everybody's going to get that reference. Is that like a, a, like a 90s TVO? <laughs> Hal, Hal, Johnson, Hal Johnson. Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. Yeah, Canadian television host. Body okay. break. Keep fit yeah. and have fun. All right, Brett. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It's been, I know we only had a short amount of time, but I'm super happy we got the chat. And, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure hearing about your journey and some of the cool things you're working on. So thank you so much for coming on. I'm in Toronto um, mid-June. Cool. If, uh, if you if you want to grab a drink or something like that, let me know. Uh, is this an yeah. invite to anybody on the podcast? Is this, is this an invite? Sure. Well, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, why not? When does this get streamed? 
<laughs> is it streaming right now? No, no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll post it later that I pre-record these things. <laughs> okay, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. And if you're listening and you want to, you know, follow Brett's work or get in touch with him, you can check out his website, website which is vrstopmotion.com. And I'll include a link to that in the description of this chat. And uh, you can also check him out on Instagram, which is under Alpha Brett. And I'll include that as well. So thanks so much for listening. And that's all for now. So thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Willem Mendo and the graphics by Luhan Wang. I encourage you to look them up if you've enjoyed their work.